You're listening to the Shoeless Podcast, where we talk candidly about married life and parenting within the domestic church in the light of Carmelite spirituality and the Catholic faith. We're your hosts, Donald and Megan Wallenfang, and we invite you into today's conversation of living Catholic with abandon. Welcome everyone to this episode of the Shoeless Podcast. Today we are so interested to talk about the idea of work. It is a topic that we want to break open in order to find its purpose and meaning and to wonder if there is such a thing as meaningful work. And if there is such a thing, what does meaningful work look like? Is there a meaningful work for children? Is there meaningful work for adults? Ultimately, today we will wonder why work. So Megan, I kick it off to you first. Why work? Especially why meaningful work? Mm -hmm. Immediately, I think of creation. And I think about the work of all of creation. It is nonstop work. Trees are growing, the water is moving, the birds are flying, and even within ourselves, even within humanity, our blood is flowing because our heart is beating. It is working and it is working hard. So the idea of work is incredibly integral into the way that God created the world, all living things, and especially us humans. And the Catholic Church has a lot to say about work. And in fact, John Paul II said some things in a document regarding the dignity of work. Donnie, what would you say are some of the things, the highlights of what John Paul II said? Yeah, really, I think of two documents the first, the 1981 encyclical Laborum Exertions, or we'd say through work. Through work, we reap our food from the earth. St. John Paul II was very concerned that human beings were reminded of the dignity of work at a time in the 20th century when governments were beginning to exploit human beings mm. in terms of work. And especially in his native Poland, he saw what was happening with the growth of a communist regime and how people were being used as a means to an end Mm -hmm. rather than as regarded as an end in themselves as Mm -hmm. human persons created in the image of God. So this first document of 1981, an encyclical, which is published only a couple years after becoming Pope, it was a topic very important to him. And then only six years later, he published another document, the Latin title, Solicitudo Rei Socialis, which means the social solicitude of the church, that is, the church's solidarity with all of humanity, concern for all of humanity around the world, and features a variety of social justice topics in this encyclical. And finally, when it comes to John Paul II talking about work, he also at once talks about rest. And we may need to save this topic for another episode Mm -hmm. of the Shoeless Podcast, but his 1998 apostolic letter, Dies Domini, a tremendous letter, that is the Lord's Day, apostolic letter about the Sabbath day, keeping the Sabbath holy. Mm -hmm. So St. John Paul II, a great champion for the dignity of work, 
and workers, always being sure to put the person over profit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that that's part of the danger of work today is that it's become this external motivation, external rewards. And so work has gotten very twisted. And we need to recapture the beauty and goodness of work. And I can't think of anything better to look at than to think about the child and how the child works. Maria Montessori has enlightened you and I with a lot of understanding about work, about how the child works. She observed from all her time spent with children that the child works not to accomplish something to check off a list, but for internal rewards. The child works for the process. The child works with something called maximum effort, whereas the adult wants to work with minimum effort towards efficiency. The adult is concerned about the product, about getting the product done as soon as possible. But the child lives by the very opposite rule. The child works with maximum effort to only enjoy the process and is not concerned at all with the product. We see this so often with our own children in their artwork. They will draw and walk away from the drawing, never to return, and they are not concerned about it at all, what happens with it after they're done. They've only enjoyed the process of the art itself. That's a key point for the child, the priority of process Mm -hmm. over product. Mm -hmm. Quite different than the adult's typical perspective about Mm -hmm. work. And it's also interesting about the difference between maximal effort and minimal effort. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times when we adults approach work, as you say, we want to do it most efficiently as possible. Mm -hmm. At the least amount of energy, Mm -hmm. the better. And then we end up getting frustrated when we always try to take these shortcuts and the easy route. Mm -hmm. And we don't feel a sense of fulfillment. We Mm -hmm. lose the sense of meaning and meaningfulness Mm -hmm. about our work, Mm -hmm. unlike the child. Mm -hmm. I have a couple of quotes here that I want to read from Maria Montessori that I think really help to expand this idea a little bit more. This one is from The Secret of Childhood. She's talking about this idea that the child does not follow the law of minimum effort, but rather the opposite She says, the child consumes a great deal of energy in working for no ulterior end and employs all his potentialities in the execution of each detail. There is a striking relationship between the environment and the perfecting of a child's inner life. A man who achieves sublimation is not preoccupied with external things. He only uses them at the proper time for the perfecting of his own inner life. In contrast to such a man, one who is leading an ordinary life is preoccupied with some external goals and he pursues them at any cost, sometimes to the extent of losing his health or even his soul. Mm. It reminds me of a song, I think, by the Christian band Casting Crowns called The American Dream. Mm. And the music video also is very striking. Just the man who works his life away. Mm-hmm wanting to give his family finer things Mm -hmm. as the lyrics go and talking about he's building these castles in the sand Mm -hmm. and that all he really wanted was God. Mm -hmm. All he really wanted was quality time with his family, Mm -hmm. but he spends his life 
working in a way. And, mm-hmm. and so at the same time, if one is part of a family and parenting, there's the opposite extreme of being like, well, then I'm going to try to work as little as possible mm-hmm. to avoid that mm-hmm. extreme. But obviously, when we look at the biblical witness, that's not the idea either. Thinking of St. Paul in Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10, saying, if anyone is unwilling to work, neither should that one eat. So work is a necessity for family life. But this is a profound quote by Maria Montessori mm-hmm. that you say here. So many deep points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think another thing that the child offers to us as adults to understand is that when the child works, they work to be refreshed. They're energized. So when they work at something, they gain energy. For the adults, when they work, when we work, we often feel exhausted and tired. And at the end of our work day, all we want to do is go to sleep. But for the child, it's the exact opposite. And if they do rest, it is in a peaceful place of refreshment, not fatigue. Whereas we as adults experience fatigue. So do you think it's possible then for us adults to take after the model of the child, how can we become more like children in our approach to work, daily work, even in various household tasks and common tasks? I mean, I know I gathered up all the trash in our house today Mm -hmm. and took out the trash cans and the recycling bins, and I usually approach that like, I just got to get it done, and Mm -hmm. I might even use the expression, get her done, Mm -hmm. (laughs) just get her done, and... And that's a real adult way to think of it. And it, it'd have to be, yeah, something special about the day, I think, for me to approach the task, like really enjoying every part of it. Mm-hmm. When Maria Montessori talks about people who are able to find meaningful work, she references people like inventors or scientists, musicians, poets. They find meaningful work because they dive in with all of themselves completely, their whole selves. They leave nothing back. I think sometimes as adults, we are stuck in pragmatic scenarios and we see things not as a whole. So we could see the trash as just being the trash instead of seeing it as part of the whole of life or cooking or doing the dishes or sweeping the floor instead of seeing it as part of the whole and of just diving into being alive, fully alive, having fullness of life within the whole of life, we see it as these fragmented things, these pragmatic things that don't have meaning in themselves because we're not seeing it within the whole. So I think to find meaningful work is very important. Sometimes it's infusing it with meaning. So part of that is recognizing the meaning in the work and then also knowing what the meaning is within the context of the whole of family life and society. Another quote that I really love a lot about the same kind of refreshment and gaining of energy, Maria Montessori is talking about when the children have a work cycle. So typically the work cycle in Montessori environments is a three-hour work cycle. And she says, when the work cycle is completed, the child detaches himself from his internal concentration. Refreshed and satisfied, he experiences the higher social impulses, such as desiring to make confidences and to hold intimate communion with other souls. And I love this too because I think of this in our spiritual life. And Maria Montessori always is talking about the interior life, the inner life of the child. 
this inner life is a very spiritual place. So in this quote, what this says to me is that when the child has worked and they're able to move from these interior concentration, they're refreshed, then they go on to things like being with other people. And for us as adults, I see that as a place of being able to serve other people, of going out of ourselves, truly being present with other people. So this meaningful work that we find gives us as adults the energy and the refreshment that we need to be who we need to be to other people as well. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've observed that about children often, our own children, when they find their satisfaction in their work, there's this restfulness about them, Mm -hmm. a peacefulness about Mm -hmm. them. And just being together, that they're with each other and they're able to look back on their work, not so much again as product, but as the process they enjoyed. Mm -hmm. They hover, they tarry within that nearby memory of the satisfaction they had in that process of work. And then you find in other days they come back to a similar work. Mm-hmm. And they do demonstrate these patterns of this work cycle of satisfaction and then finding rest in this communion of persons and then returning to their work. And even a satisfaction of working, we could even say corporately or together with other children or adults. Mm-hmm. They really enjoy this process and seem to be innately in tune with a great purpose for which they were made Mm -hmm. and that their work itself glorifies God and somehow they know this Mm -hmm. without Mm -hmm. having to be taught externally Mm -hmm. about the meaning of Mm -hmm. giving praise to God Mm -hmm. through your work. Yeah, and this brings up then another point then that Maria Montessori made as well about the idea of the cosmic task. She talked about cosmic in terms of order, in terms of the order of creation and that All of creation has a purpose and a task that brings glory to God. At the beginning, just like we were thinking about creation always working, so too does it all, it all has this cosmic task, something that I've pondered with our kids a lot. The wonder and awe over the fact that the earth is tilted at a certain angle and it spins a certain way. And if it was off by just a millimeter, it would not do what it needs to do. And it has a specific cosmic task within the order of creation to live in a particular place and to do a particular work. And I think this idea of cosmic task is the same for all of us, that we are all called to work at a cosmic task that brings glory to God and to recognize that we each have a cosmic task. and. It will be our work to understand what that is over our lifetime and to recognize that it is only our task that can be done and no one else can do the task for us. Definitely. And I think this cosmic task we find imprinted in scripture in the opening chapters of Genesis. When God blesses Adam and Eve, the first human beings, we might wonder at what point do Adam and Eve recognize this cosmic task in their growth and development. It's a mm-hmm. very interesting question to ponder. Mm-hmm. These biblical narratives in conversation with natural science, evolutionary mm-hmm. biology, thinking of Adam and Eve not only as the adults, mm-hmm. but also the children, mm-hmm. Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. 
we presume they were mm -hmm. children before they were adults. Mm -hmm. Thinking of the children, Adam and Eve, coming to recognize mm -hmm. this cosmic task first mm -hmm. as children, and we might say before the fall. Mm -hmm. Possibly as adolescents, maybe. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, work is good. At that point, to be in this Garden of Eden to cultivate and care for it, even through the work of the child growing into the work of the adult. But it's not just a one direction growth from child to adult. It's also the maturity of the adult is dependent at all times on growing back into the maturity of the child. Mm -hmm. That's already there from the beginning. Mm -hmm. In so many ways, better the adult demonstrates the meaningfulness of the individual, mm -hmm. unique, specified, called by God, mm -hmm. cosmic task mm -hmm. of the person. Yeah, I think this also reminds me when we look at the child too of something extremely important that we as adults can see in the child is that especially the very youngest children, under age six, maybe even under age right around three, they are so fixated on what they are doing that they are unaware of everything going on around them. What value this is for us as adults is to see the importance of keeping our eyes on our own work. The child is not distracted by anybody else's work around them. I think sometimes as adults, we look too much to the right and the left of us with concern about what another person is doing. And when we do that, then we lose sight of what our cosmic task is. And we begin to compare ourselves or we begin to think that what somebody else is doing is what our work should be. Because sometimes doing our own work is hard and we want to join in somebody else's work because maybe it would become easier. But we have to know that it's best for us to keep our eyes on our own work because this is what God has created us for. And if we lose sight of our work, then all of creation suffers. I love that phrase so much, keep your eyes on your own work. and. Many times you've reminded me mm -hmm. of that, encouraged mm -hmm. me, keep your eyes on your own work. Don't mm -hmm. worry, as you said, what someone's doing to your right, to your left, above, below, wherever. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just, it's so true because instead, then if we do keep our eyes on our own work, it's, it's a very peaceful mm -hmm. cosmic task that is unfolding. And it's not hurried. It's not rushed. Mm -hmm. It doesn't become reduced to some utilitarian pursuit of some good lesser than that of the person, mm -hmm. lesser than that of recognizing one's own vocation mm -hmm. placed there by God. It's a tremendous truth. Mm -hmm. Keep your eyes on your own work. Mm -hmm. And praise God that we all have our own work. God has given us each a unique work to do in this world. And what an amazing gift it is to see other people doing their work. It's a real gift to see people thriving in their own work. Well, I think this has been a great discussion and a great start to thinking about work. Of course, there's so much more, but we will continue the conversation. So should we end in prayer? For sure. We can take a biblical text from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 2. Thinking about St. Joseph the worker, St. Joseph, a great patron saint of all workers, a model worker himself in his carpentry, but more importantly, his fatherhood, his adoptive fatherhood 
to Jesus, the eternal Son of God the Father, become human through the Blessed Virgin Mary, the wife of St. Joseph. It's interesting in Scripture, we have no actual words of St. Joseph. Mm. We just have that angels appear to him in dreams, Mm -hmm. and he's obedient to the Word of God that's communicated through the messenger of the angel, and he always acts. Mm -hmm. He's always decisive. He acts, and therefore he's a model for workers in the dignity of work. So let us pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When the Magi had departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I tell you. Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. Joseph rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. He stayed there until the death of Herod, that what the Lord had said through the prophet might be fulfilled. Out of Egypt I called my son. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady of Mount Carmel, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. John Paul II, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Shoeless Podcast. We hope you continue the conversation in your own home and with the people you love. We hope it challenges and inspires you to walk shoeless in the world and to live Catholic with abandon. 